Uh, guys, what's up? This episode is brought to you by DMTW. It's our buddies that we're working with. Don't make this weird. Those guys are awesome. It's a lifestyle brand that we are currently working with. We have our first product, a playmat, uh, that looks super sweet. We just got it in. You want to see pictures? Go to our Instagram. You can check that out. Yeah, and we will have like a we'll have like a full on uh, like picture i think with us and the playmat or something uh very soon we're going to be promoting that some other new products we're working on with those guys and uh they are working with us to create video content that will be happening very soon so uh check that out dmtw clothing dmtw.com i believe is the website and uh once again thanks to those guys for being awesome and helping us do this let's get to the episode welcome travelers we're aware that your journey was difficult but prepare to have your questions answered for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman. What's up, guys? We're dealing with the straight-up Comic-Con hangover. We're, uh, uh, I, yeah, I, w- I was actually, I like was going to jokingly say both of our names just really wrong, but <laughs> I decided it's been too long to... Yeah. But that was the joke. It's been so long that I forgot our names. It's been be like it's o- been Alex. Costler and, and yeah, Bon Batman. Yeah, I can't. I can't believe it's been so long. I yeah. I would I never would have thought taking two weeks off would feel. I would feel so disconnected from the so podcast. So since Pokemon Go, yeah, which has been a cultural movement since we last released our episode, I have I have I've, I've been in nine different cities and six states. And how many Pokemon have you caught? Uh, I can actually check that. Oh, Lord, you're going <laughs> to Pokemon, Pokemon Go might be one of the best things that ever happened to me being stuck in an airport for work for six to 12 hours straight. Right. It happened twice on this last trip that I, has ever happened. I have effusively ignored and avoided it. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me at all. We'll probably do an episode like post credit episode on why I hate Pokemon on, Go. No, on, well, on Pokemon Go, <laughs> I don't you can talk it. about it. I don't hate it. I've just tried to. It's but you're so about athleticism. This is the best gym I've ever been a part of, Ben. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> I walked. I'm gonna actually. I'll tell you how many kilometers I've walked. Also, with the information I'm gonna give you. Can, Can we get back on track? <laughs> uh, wait, wait. No, I have to. Talk. I've caught 1,043 Pokemon. It's good. Uh, and I have walked, I think, 74 kilometers. Excellent. Good work. You know how many kilometers I've walked in the last year? Does it, doesn't this qualify? Without Pokemon Go existing? Does, doesn't this qualify on the talk about things at the end of the episode three. bracket? <laughs> All right. I'm taking over as lead host. Uh, I'm your host, Ben Bateman, and this is the Masters of Modern Podcast. We're back after a couple this weeks off. <laughs> Comic Con was, was a great the other time. Joke I was going to make during announcement. I was going to call it the Pokemon, the Masters of Pokemon Go. And then yeah. move on. All right. So we're doing top 10. At, we like so many, so many things have happened since we've been gone. Yeah. Banned restricted list announcement. Nothing got banned. Nothing happened. Which was not surprising. No. Nope. Uh, we went to Comic Con, which there's a bunch of cool stories about Comic Con. Oh, we could talk about, Comic-Con but we, we're not going to do that today. No, maybe uh, maybe that should be our that should be our uh, end of cast off. Yeah, off, if off time. topic. Uh, and then we're you know Eternal Eldritch Moon came out. You know, this is and this is sad. So I want people to take a little bit of this review because I use this generally to review like get a feel for the cards. Right. I, this is the first pre-release I've missed since M10. I think I might actually be in the same boat as you. I I know that there was one pre-release at one point. But I had to play like a Sunday afternoon sealed and only t- play two rounds of it because right. I had something going on. But I always have gone, bought the pack, got the got like the spin down. Yeah. At least even when I've missed like entire draft environments, I've always always gone to the pre-release. Right. Every time. I mean, my 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 girlfriend moved to Atlanta, so I was moving her, and literally we were moving her in, and it was like the last weekend I would see her for month. My brother and got a half, married, and so, so like I had it was kind go. of just like. I had no good excuse to go play Eldritch Moon. My my brother got married, so I had to go to Seattle, and that was 
I mean, Seattle's got a lot of good magic, but it just wasn't really the appropriate right. moment. Hey, and bro, I kind of missed the rehearsal dinner. There's a pre-release <laughs> running long. The brunch know. that, you know, we have to go to the next day. Uh, but Eldrick Moon. Is it Eldritch? I thought it was Eldritch. Eldritch, Eldrick, or whatever. I'm going to say Eldrick yeah. probably forever, and people are going to tweet me and be like, you're saying it wrong, and it bugs me. And they're going to have to deal with it. Uh, okay. I've been saying things wrong since we started this podcast. Yeah, so, so. Uh, my favorite card in the set is Sage Rhino, followed by <laughs> Sage of Epitier. <laughs> Sage Rhino, so confusing. Siege, Siege of Epitier. <laughs> uh, all right, guys, before but we get... But this set s- is really deep. I want to just talk about generally yeah, this about the set. Set's awesome. I do want to say before we get started, of oh, course, yeah. that the uh, the Twitter is on that the podcast is on Twitter at the MMCast. Um, you guys are are very interactive, and we were I think we're like approaching twenty five hundred now, yeah. which is pretty sweet, yeah, yeah. Um, which is cool. And then also uh, we're on Twitter. I'm Ben Bateman. You can find me at Ben Bateman Media. I'm at Kess Wiley. And if you uh, come at me about some Pokemon Go. Yeah, I might even start it. I might do a bonus episode without you. I Leave might the Pokemon guess. Go alone. <laughs> You're just trying to hijack this cast right now. Um, and then uh, we're on Patreon. That's yeah. the other thing. Oh, actually, we have a sister podcast. That's really more important, honestly. Yeah. Jimmy and Josh do the Command Zone. It's awesome. Jimmy's been doing awesome stuff with Wizards. Yeah, he, yeah. He did like the he was whole the face of spoiler season. Yeah, he was doing all the interviews with yeah. like, Marrow and everybody. It was really cool. Um, but uh, yeah, and then we do we do a Patreon where if you guys donate a little bit of money to our fund, we can like continue to buy gear, we do, do cool little cool stuff, things, give we? things away. Yep. Um, and yeah, fun stuff. So and then, oh, and we have an Instagram. Really, technically, if you just look up the MMCast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, even YouTube t- to a certain extent, you'll find us. YouTube is slightly different, but we are releasing videos on YouTube, so go subscribe to that channel. You may be wondering why on earth the MMCast doesn't yet have a Snapchat if Kessler has six hours of time to kill in airports. I, cause I, I don't I, have I don't, an answer for you. I don't know how to talk about <laughs> myself on video. That's not like... Basically, I have Snapchat, but I pretty much exclusively use it to send me pretending to be toast to my girlfriend on as a filter. I don't understand it either, so it's okay. It's the fil- It's like it's like the it's a filter app. Yeah, that has chat. I don't know. I don't okay, people are people are no longer entertained. With yeah. This. All right. Let's get all right. set. Top ten list. <laughs> all right. So, I guess before we talk about the top ten list, first thing, this set's crazy deep. There's like a lot. There are at least two. I cheated and technically have like a weird section beforehand, but there's even cards that I just didn't include, but I will be talking about when I talk about similar cards. There's like cards that didn't make my list are so sweet. Like we're gonna do like normally we we save our five honorable mention battles for stuff like top ten blue cards or top ten cards from a set from like, or like a block where there's a lot more cards in there. This time around, I, I have five cards to battle off as a like honorable yeah. mentions battle that we'll do probably towards the end of the episode. If There's we have time. just a lot of really interesting cards. I this time I, normally on my top tens, I try to go with the things that I think are sweetest. Um, sure. So like the emerge cards, just like a three or four flyer that draws a card or something. It would be a card like that where I would be like, oh, but you can do it's so good. But like I tried to pick cards that I thought actually for the most part had a place, like would actually fit in a modern for the most part in my top 10 as opposed to just the cards I thought were the mm-hmm. sweetest. Sure. Um, but it definitely was hard. That, I mean, the rest of my list, I have 20 honorable mentions I have to pick five from. So why don't we start with our 10? Um, wait, wait. Okay. So before we get to the 10, because there's an entire set of cards that I didn't include in my list that are so aren't in my five honorable mentions. Okay. And these are these are the tribal cards. And you might have some on your list. But, so Vampire um, Lord, the well, so, Spirit Curse So there's catcher. the, the one-drop Spirit Curse Catcher. There's the Vampire Lord. There's the zombie. One drop, one black zombie yeah. that uh, you can tap three zombies shaper. to draw three cards. Um, and it has other abilities. So I didn't include any of them. Because here's the deal. If a tribe... Bull deck in modern exists for one of those cards. All of those will be four ofs across the board. So yep. when it comes down to it, 
But if there's no tribal deck for that, if that deck doesn't actually pull through the tribal deck, they won't see any play. And it was really hard for me to include those and give some of the more unique cards time of day. So ahead of time, before we get into our top 10 list, I'm cheating and saying all three of those cards like could see play in modern, but it's purely based on if those tribal deck work. But every, all three of them will see play in those tribal decks if those decks become actual decks. Vampires, zombies, even, even there are humans and werewolves is the one that I have the less hope in. Yeah. But there's definitely human cards uh that also human tribal cards that are also like if there's a human um what's the what's the the goblin cards from back in the day and elf cards that you it comes into play and then you look at the yeah, top four right. cards and yeah, you get yeah. all the cards of that type like there's a human version of that now so like yeah there's definitely cards for every tribe that could see play in modern but it's purely based on the tribe and i don't want to w- spend slots on that in my top 10 list yeah fully and and for the record i didn't put either of those any of those three cards onto my list either uh just are you going to fight any of them in your honorable mentions? No, none of them. Okay, so then the, neither. Yeah. So we'll quickly, we'll talk about them just to get them out of the way before we do our top ten. But I would say that of the three, the one that I, ha- I think I have the least faith in being good in modern is the zombie. Um, sure. I think it's it's pretty pretty like cost intensive to get it to work, um, and it it's just to draw a card is what the real payoff is. It's cool you can get a zombie out of it, but like I guess the reason it's exciting from my perspective is the grave. Crawler effect where you have yeah. a lot of zombies are cards that very quickly get outclassed by a Tarmogoyf. Yeah. And now you have a use for those zombies that Definitely. allows you to kind of grind out a bigger set of cards into play. Yeah, I mean the fact that you have the grave crawler, you can be discarding relentless dead. Like you have some you have some good abilities of that card. It just feels a little underpowered. And we the problem is when you do a one one for one in a tribe that doesn't have a, a number of playable lords, um, you it's a little tough because right. you're one one for one. So that's that one. I would say of the other two, I think from a pure power perspective. The tribe that I keep hearing you buzz about that I'm actually built, bringing myself is Spirits. Sure. The, the, the Curse Catcher card in that deck, it's it, awkward. It doesn't actually fit the way that you would want it to fit traditionally. Because I think spirits, that's because the deck you're working on is different than everyone else's. No, no. I, th- I think like traditionally, if you were going to build a Spirits deck, you would want to have like some some element of like counter magic or control. Like I think that's kind of what you would want. So right. a card that, that pluses up and gets better when you play other spirits at instant at sorcery speed for the most part is not that good because it's always going to just basically be power of one unless you get like the lord down so and then i think the third one is the vampire which i've heard the least buzz about but if you were going to build just a straight aggressive vampire deck i think actually maybe has the most uh, the, the most potential so anyway, I, I think, and the, the other cool detail about the about the uh, vampire lord is that because of the discard ability, you can get really clever and interesting with madness things. Well, and that's the point. Like I've the brewing I've done with vampires because I've done like as you seem to be focused on spirits, I like kind of took a crack at vampires over the yeah. last couple. And that card specifically does a lot of like that deck is now a madness deck. Yep. Like there there are enough cards that benefit you so heavily for madness that there's no reason not to take advantage of it. And if you're taking advantage of that. That discard, that lord is very good, and it, a two mana lord, anyways, is good. So, like, he, I'm definitely on board there. Something that I think they they seem to be learning more and more is that pushing old tribes and like giving you giving you like pretty aggressive pretty aggressive cards on curve to make those tribes interesting or fun. Something that players really like, right? Um, and it's cool to see. I like it. it it's it's. Well, I nice mean, Mer- in modern, Merfolk was focused on pretty much twice. And it's a deck. Elves has been focused pretty much three times, and it's yeah. a deck. Yeah. Vampires now has been focused on about three or four times, yep. and it's getting there. Spirits has been focused around three or four times, yep. so it's getting there. Um, zombies is just kind of always around, and so it might eventually get enough pieces. Werewolves has only been focused on twice, and humans have is another like kind of just always been around. So like yeah, we're well, definitely getting to the point where there is definitely 
these Innistrad tribes are getting close to what the classic tribes kind of have always had the support of. Definitely. So uh, that being said, let's get into our top 10. Yeah. All right. So my number 10, or yep. your number 10. Uh, I went with my number 10, and it was it's it's the paired card. It's Hanwar, it's Hanwar Battlements, Hanwar Garrison. Okay. So I think it's fair to call that one slot. I'll let you, um, I'll let you, I'll let you cheat here. Uh, no, that's fine. <laughs> that's fair. I mean, yeah, it's like yeah. what we do with the charms or things yeah, like yeah. that. I think so, you got it. Um, yeah, it's it's the, it's the land and and the two three. So the land itself is a flip land, uh, and it comes in untapped. It taps for one colorless. Sure. One red and tap it. Target creature gains haste until end of turn. That's all you need for this card to be playable. I mean, that's that that right there is actually good. Like, sure. There's it's not it's not a made. Uh, the cards you're picking are also my two picks for 100% made for constructed, especially in standard. But I, I can see where that card specifically. Yeah, has has reasons to see play in modern. A- anybody that has ever brewed in modern has tried to play the legendary comic hour land that lets you pit loses through life, and that card's like I think fifteen bucks purely off of people trying to brew with it in modern. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. and that's the thing people have tried to build forever. This card's better. So th- the second ability is red red three tap it if you control and own both Henwar Battlements and the other card, which is Henwar Garrison, exile them and turn them into the writhing township. Which the writhing township. I will now read and explain. Seven five that makes two three twos. It's well, yeah. It's so. I guess before we talk about the transformed card, we should talk about Hammer Garrison, which is the other card the, you have the to three have. Three two, yeah. Yeah, so it's a two three human soldier for a red and two. Um, whenever Hammer Garrison attacks, put two one one red human creatures on the battlefield, tapped and attacking. Not a bad card. No. Modern, it's a little dicey because it's a two three for three, which is like you don't really want to be playing that with lightning bolt running around, but it's fine. And like if you get to untap with it, you get quite a bit of value. Out of that, the fact that if you have the land and you can then flip them, it's a 7-4 Trample Haste that when it attacks puts two three two colorless Eldrazi t- creatures on the battlefield tapped and attacking. Like, that's really good. I, I think if you're playing a red deck that yeah. is already playing the Hanawar Battlements, yeah. playing a one-of or two-of of the Garrison, the garrison because the card's not exceptionally modern playable. No, it's but fine. But alongside the land, it definitely gets that bonus in yep. power level, and it's a fine card in modern. It's not great. It dies a lightning bolt. It's like, uh, I, you know, there's a card that I think you have on your list that I didn't include on mine that we're going to talk about my problems with three mana cards that died a lightning bolt. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's an issue, but from that perspective, there's enough of a benefit to trying to, like, literally the curve of one drop something, two drop something, three drop this, attack, land transform on turn right. five is insane. Like you deal with a total of one card in a land, 18 damage, I think is what it is. Yeah. And it's one, two, three, four plus 13. So that's 17 damage by itself. So yeah. like, and if you're ready, you have a lightning bolt. So that's, that's like a one card kill combo by itself. Yeah. It's super good. So like not ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's like totally, that's why it's my number 10. It's, I, there are yeah. a lot of cards that I could have put on that are more interesting. The power level of those two cards, just because the land is so good, it was like, all right, maybe. So that's my number 10. What's your sure. number 10? Uh, so mine's, mine's a little wonkier, actually, but mine's Lunar Force. Really? In yeah. modern? Yeah. So it's one blue, two colorless. Uh, when an opponent casts a spell, sacrifice Lunar Force and counter that spell. The reason I like it is versus something like Cancel, which is comparable, theoretically. Is it because of Sun Titan? Is that why you like it? Well, yes, but beyond that, <laughs> uh, and and that's not what I would do it with in a modern. I might do that in other formats, but the fact that you can tap out for it and then yeah. it immediately says your opponent can't do anything without wasting a spell, which they have to do, and they they can do to kind of mess with this to stop you. But versus cancel, where like the problem with cancel is you have to then on turn three leave mana open, and yeah. 
it's only really good on turn five when you can leave mana open and play another spell. This, you just put it down on turn three, and then from that point on, your opponent, without you losing any momentum or speed, is stuck wasting a spell. It's yet another and possibly card that, wasting a turn. And it's yet another card that pushes Zerdex in Modern, which is sick. Yes, that's true. Yeah. That's very true. Sweet, no, right? and, like, and there's enchant like enchantments important. Like There's a bunch of different stuff that kind of do cool stuff with it. Um, like playing Tarmogoyf on turn two and this on turn three, and then just like forcing your opponent to deal with both. Yeah. Sounds like very deep like completely serviceable as a card seems dicey to me in modern I, I can't really imagine wanting to do it it is my number 10 like yeah. I, I did put it at the top and and but i can see this from just the perspective of kind of the reason spell skate is good uh, yeah a card that you can cast and then it sits there and your opponent has to work around it yeah before they can do anything is definitely really interesting i'm fascinated by this card in my near-death experience deck for Highlander, just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's I definitely it's a sweet card. It's a card we don't affect. We don't have a modern, it, and, and it's kind of the same reason I like the um, the like one red shock, but it's an enchantment that sits in play. Seal of fire, yeah. Seals because like once you put it in play, it's there, and your opponent has to always worry about it. And it, this is yeah theoretically worse. It also is a really or strong. Better. It's a strong card for getting delirium active. It's a right. Yeah, I mean, it costs us three though. But anyway, I, I hear you. I think it's I think it's interesting. Um, my number nine is none other than Wild Mongrel. I mean, news constrictor. Okay, mine's higher. But yeah, yeah, I have yeah. news on my list. Yeah. This card's really good. We talked about why modern needs a free, free discard, discard outlet for days, and then they reprinted yeah. wild, Mo wild mongrel with a, I would argue, a more relevant ability. Yeah, for sure, more relevant like, ability. Reach is more important than color, especially modern, where like pro red or pro black. No one's playing Doomblade. Yeah, which is like the one card I can see where this is the color changing is relevant in yeah. modern versus reach, which stocks. Stops lingering souls tokens. The yeah. fact that this can discard lingering souls. You know, like, this card's really good. My problem with and, and you know, I've played a lot of dredge lists where I'm playing um what's his face? Uh Windows Prowler? Please no, 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 no. <laughs> the, the grave uh not great. Uh, lot Latrol. Oh, Lot Latrol. And sure. the problem with Lot Latrol is always kinda like it's great with creatures, but it's uh, like you can't discard spells. Yeah. And not being able to discard spells can be a huge hindrance. And especially if you're playing stuff like Lingering Souls or some different flashback spells that you just want to get in your graveyard. News Constrictor is much stronger. Yeah, I mean, it, it. I would prefer it if it put a counter on News Constrictor, but that is what it is. Well, um, it'd be too good. <laughs> be Wild Mongrel was too good, and this is arguably slightly better. So, those of you that are wondering what we're talking about, it's one green, one colorless for a two-two snake with reach. Discard a card. News Constrictor gets plus one, plus one till end of turn. The reason this is on here, very simply, if you didn't listen to those episodes, is that when you look for abilities in Modern that allow you to discard cards for free without a cost, without a tap. The, no, no summoning sickness concerns. Um, it, they're very rare to come by. They don't. They don't exist. Zombie the, infestation. There, there are none under two mana. No, we or, talk about zombie mana, infestation yeah. on here a lot because like that's one of the few. But that costs two cards, which yeah. is a whole other kind of slew of problems. Yeah, and the value you get at like being able to do one is very important, especially because of madness cards, because of dredge cards. Yeah, I mean you end up talking about cards. Una's Prowler, which right. is like an entertaining card, but actually awful. Like you don't sure. want to let your opponent shrink its power. So like. This is just a better card. This yep. is just it's cleaner, it's simpler, it's it's better color wise. Like it's good. So news news constructor is my number nine. Yep. Plus it's a creature, so it gets Vengeance back. But moving on. Um my number nine is uh our preview card, Whispers of Emerkel. Okay. I put mine a little higher. Um this was I mean, for people that didn't listen to our preview episode, this is one black, one colorless. Uh target opponent discards a card at random. If you have delirium, they discard two cards at random. Uh, we talked a lot about this <laughs> on yeah. the podcast. This is him to Tarak with Delirium on board, which I don't think is too d difficult to do. Definitely not. I definitely modern. think this is a card. It's a fixed version of him to Tarak, just from the perspective of it's much harder to do this on turn two. 
so it's not going to be used as often to mana screw your opponent as him the torque often could be used for. But other than the like other than on turn two, him the torque is best on turn four, where you're hitting the only three spell, you know, hit getting rid of some of the most important spells in their hands. So like, yeah, I mean, and also, you know, it's like if it's a depending on what deck this fits into, whether you're you're just slotting this into a value deck like an Abzan or a Jund, or if you're going to try to play this in a dedicated eight rack deck, the first one's good. Second one's backbreaking. So right. if you have, you know, you start with two of these in your hand, like you probably I mean, even just two cards even just two cards for, for three of theirs at random is enough. Right. So you don't even need to go two and two. You can just go one and two. Like, sure. You know? It's uh you'll you'll lose you I guess you'll lose a little tempo by paying two for it instead of one for it early, maybe, but you also might just get their best card. Right. It's, yeah, it's I agree. a card at a one, random. A one for one a one for one play or a Yeah. What like Doing it on turn two, where you're getting one of their cards at random, is not going to be the worst thing. It's not going to be the best thing, but it's not going to be the worst thing. And when you actually get to get to that delirium factor, it's 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 amazing. It's uh, also not the torque is one of the best cards ever printed in Magic. It's also just keep in mind. I mean, this is this is one detail that is like we don't I don't know how much we talked about it, but just for those of you that are used to like Thoughtseize and Inquisition and thinking this is just like the randomized version of two. You play this; it's a card at random. It's not reveal their hand in a non-land card. It, you could hit their you could hit their land. Right. Well, that's why him the Torak was. Yeah. yeah. If they start with two lands in hand, they play one. You play this on turn two, and you get lucky, and you hit their second land. You could just win the game off. Right. That. I mean, right. it's outrageous. So, like, this is not an effect that we have that much of, especially at two mana. And I think it's I think it's very good. Right. Um, I mean, and beyond that, they don't print target player discards two cards for two mana. Period. Yeah. So, yep. like, the fact that it's ran... Yeah, there's so many beneficial things to this card. card's really good. Uh, okay, what's your number eight? Okay, so my number eight's a little bit of a stretch. This is where things start to get kind of weird, and, I, and I've, I feel like I have a strong sense of how good this card could be, but I don't know. It's Decimator of, Pro of the Provinces. This is an Emerge card. So it's 10 mana for a 7-7 seven, seven, Trample Haste. When you cast Decimator of Provinces, creatures you control get plus 2, plus 2, and gain Trample until out of turn. So it's kind of like that... Um, Oh, and then it has a merge, which is the most important part. <laughs> its emerge cost is green, 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 six. You may cast this spell by sacrificing a creature and paying the emerge cost reduced by that creature's converted mana cost. Essentially, if you have like a four drop or a three drop, you sack it, take that off the cost. So if this, if this, you have a three drop, this will cost you six. If you have a four drop, this will cost you five, which is probably right around the time you're thinking of casting it. I would, I would imagine you probably are curving this off of like a beefy three or four. And you're, you, at that point, you probably have a board of giant green things because you're some sort of green stompy deck. And it's when you cast it as well, not when it enters the battlefield, which is insane because they can counter it. It still, it still works. You right. still get the bonus. Right, right. Um, uh, it reminds me of that one card. What, what was the... There was the Crater card? of Behemoth. Yeah, Crater of Behemoth. Yeah, yeah. So here's... here's, here's and I, I have... I have one on my list because my plan was kind of to talk about all of them. But the Emerge cards, how many times have we said cost reduction mechanics are always good? <laughs> always. How, I, I can't think of a single cost reduction mechanic that didn't see some amount of heavy constructive play. And then over time, people weren't like, oh, this is better than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is one of them. I think this one definitely has some homes. I think in any deck that's going wide with creatures this deck and has something like it has to be a little bit mid-rangey because getting this in elves seems okay right uh but this in something like collecting company seems very good because just even off of a you know four drop creature that you already gained value off of this right is really pretty far um i think the the triple green is a problem on this one i mean uh, if i was to pick between the different emerge cards yeah this was 
um, obviously a strong one, but I also think a little bit more geared towards slightly different formats than modern. Um, but I, I, it's obviously strong. Like there's obviously things you can do with this. Um, and all the emerge cards and be totally like, I, I don't know for sure which one's going to be the most backbreaking. I picked the one that I like the most, but I think any of them like, and I don't think you have this, like the three, four flyer that draws you a card with flying. It was on my honorable mentions. It's like really good. Is just a card. That's probably really good. <laughs> yeah. And that's by like, that's one of the common ones. So like there's, this is an insane mechanic that it like people are definitely underrating. Yeah. I mean, I think um, with this card, what I imagine is some sort of like, some sort of green stompy deck uh, that probably gets away with playing Nykthos because if you have like the th- if you have like the uh, the four five for three what's that thing called from um, from Worldwake the green 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 for a four five what's that thing called green 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 Wooly for a four five Raid? oh yeah yeah you know what I'm talking about Raid, yeah I know what you're talking about I don't know what it's called it's one yeah so it's a Bayloth yeah exactly it's a, it's a Bayloth so so you have like that card you have some of these other you know so, some of these other cards that that are heavy on green. With Nykthos, like you may you may be able to just like Nykthos this thing out without even sacrificing right. anything. Right, and, and, and in response to your Creator Hoop Behemoth comment, the reason this might be better is because Creator Hoop Behemoth only worked when you cheat it in the play somehow. This sometimes you can cast. Right. At like Creator Hoof, like sometimes you can just cast it, but sometimes you can cheat it into play with the emerge cost. So there's so many different versatile moments that you can get this into play. Yeah, I mean, this, there's just like an interesting deck I think that can be made with this card. Yeah, I don't disagree. And... Um, yeah, it seems good. So that's my number eight, Decimator of the Provinces. Uh, like, looking at my list and looking at, like, the best cards in the set, and I only have one Emerge card on my list, there's f- four different cards that you could argue are cost reduction cards. Yeah. I mean, uh, look... And, you, like, one that's an a- a- epic ramp spell. <laughs> you could, like, absolutely argue that in the end that the Emerge cards from the set will be, like, the equivalent of the Delve cards from Cons. And we're we're just going to find out over time as people try different ones out. I mean, people are even talking about playing temporal trespass in modern now. That's like a year later. Uh, the gain extra turn. Yeah. Well, no, that was seeing play in in the oops all turns decks. I mean, I'm seeing it in Delver decks. Oh, now. sure, sure. People are like, people are like, that card might just actually be better than we thought. Um, that's that's not surprising. It's always what happens with yeah. these things. I mean, you really might Look just. Mana. How many Frixian mana spells haven't seen play? Yeah, eventually, like every one of them. Even Slash Panther. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Like, and that's, I mean, like once you get to the five mana, you know, dirtily ones, like obviously you get a little bit less, but some of them have seen play in Vintage. I'm t- <laughs> I've like, I've done the thing before where I've like in, in like mono blue decks, I've played like a copy of Postmortem Lunge and I play it against someone and they're like, what is that card? And I'm like, well, it's, it's essentially a colorless card that lets me bring back a lord with haste. So right. I can bring back a merfolk lord in my deck for right. two mana. No, they're like it, <laughs> any type of free mechanic, you start getting into very interesting spaces. Yeah. Um, all right, my, my number eight? Yep. My eight. Fortune's Favor. Oh, really? Yeah, I love this card. Huh. So it's uh, blue and three colorless, uh, an instant, which is the key. <laughs> uh, target opponent looks at the top four cards of your library and separates them into a face-down pile and a face-up pile. Put yeah. one pile into your hand and the other into your graveyard. Obviously, this is a very similar card to... Um, yeah, do you want from Eternal Masters you like so much? Factor, yeah, yeah. Factor Fiction. Factor Fiction. And all the other versions. And all the other versions that they've tried to print. And, like, and the ones that they've tried to print haven't been good, but part of the reason they haven't been good is because your opponent picks which pile you get. Even though you don't know what that face down pile is, right? Th- there's so much information you get from watching your opponent. Like this, this comes with the ability to watch your opponent and see what they're thinking and doing, the way they put the cards side by side, the decision process they go through. Like it takes more people reading, but this card is not as good as factor because it's four versus five, yeah. but it's still very close. And picking, you know, if 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 they put a face up card and it's just one, 
yes, sometimes you'll blow yourself out and pick in, it'll just be three lands. Yeah. But I've definitely played a control deck where I want to just draw three lands off the top of my deck. So, like, if you're playing a deck that's good enough, an instant speed card draw spell like this is something I think control has kind of wanted for a while. And this is this is the card. This is a card I'm very excited for. I think this is a cool card. I think you're underrating the fact that like it, you are overrating. Yeah, but I think you're overrating overrating it because I think you're underrating the, the amount of time that they're going to go two and two, and you're going to not really be like you're going to be like ah, and then you're going to take the, the face down pile because you're not that happy with the face up pile, and you're going to just bone yourself. Well, but if I'm not happy with the face up pile. And I take the face down pile, and it's worse than the face up pile. Fine, but I wasn't happy with either. That means I just got a, a bad, bad four. I guess like, I just okay. What like most of the time, I'm either going to dislike the face up and pick the face down, or I'm just going to take the two the face up pile. Okay, but like Unless, how, how how many decks these days play gifts and given? Because I will say this is better than gifts and given. I think uh, that's a strong statement. That's a strong this statement. Is, this is better than gifts and given in a deck that's not trying to put stuff. Tutor stuff into their graveyard. I hear if you. you take, if you take away that side of the story. But part of that is also, not, like, that, this is, that's a card that works better in a deck that's trying to reanimate something versus this that's trying to just have more cards in their hand that are going to be able to prevent their opponent from doing stuff. Right. I mean, I get, I get your point. I think this card's weird and wonky and it's going to be very hard to make work. But, I mean, the fact that I'm, like, conf- I, I'm a little like, confused guess, by it. Sure. I think, I think well, I guess my point is, Gifts Ungiven is a, an engine card. Yeah, this is a like one of the two of card draw card that will just be in a control deck that will sometimes just gain them the value they need to keep going and stop their opponent from doing stuff. It's fair. All right, um, that's your so that is your number seven. So like this is better in Delver, for instance, where like card quality doesn't matter. Right. Uh, okay, so that's my number s- eight. Eight. So my number seven is uh, Navalia Academy, which is the uh, colorless land here that uh, comes in untapped and it taps for a colorless. It's an uncommon, it's got sweet art, and it says, if a land or ability an opponent controls causes you to discard a card, you may reveal that card and put it on top of your library instead of putting it anywhere else. The fact that this is an uncommon is bananas to me. I mean, it's a it's an untapped land. It's an untapped colorless land that means that if they thought sees you, you just don't have to discard the card. Like, this card's really good. <laughs> this card's really good. Uh, I mean, obviously there's a tempo play of you putting the card back on top of your library, but... You get to choose. I mean, like, and it's a land that's just in play. I, 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 one of the reasons I love this card is I love Library of Ling. Yeah. And I love, and for a while we've had um, the one, the land of the your hand size is infinitely large. Yeah. Um, and now we have the other half of Library Ling as a land. So if you get both of them in play, right, you can just create a fake Library of Ling. I also think this effect is strong. In modern, discard is one of the most powerful forms of interaction in the format. We just talked about how one of our top ten lists is a him to talk that just got printed and this land is a, an, an answer to that um Nefali academy only allows you to put it on top of it's an opponent causes you to discard so if you if you have an infinite hand size and you you can't just start putting cards from the top of your you can't put cards eight of your own onto the top of because your it's not being discarded by an opponent i mean it's, okay it's not completely library yeah. but it's it's a lot of library yeah <laughs> I, my point is like thinking about the kind of decks that i like to build which i know there's a lot of people that like to build these kind of decks that are very like I'm trying to get a lot of, okay, like a Mirror Superior kind of a thing. I mean, that's just, it's not for this card, but like those kind of decks where you're like, I need two cards in my opening hand 
to get value in the early turns. But what if Snapcast? I, I mean, also just look at like Snapcaster Mage or not Snapcaster Mage. Sorry, uh, Splinter Twin. I mean, it's gone. But like when Splinter Twin decks, if you had both of those cards, you win. And but if they strip it out of your hand, you have a much harder time. Here, you can just put it on top of your deck, and then you're just going yeah, to win with it. It just means like it just means the kind of thing that you need if you're trying to build some sort of like Torpor Orb, where I like don't you know that kind of a deck some some sort of wonky deck where you need two cards to get the value you want this and, card is just so good in that deck and something that's always kind of under appreciated is sideboard cards that are lands yeah because often against decks especially decks like Jund you, having more lands is important you want more lands in your deck to be able to fight against them and having a land that you can bring in to up your land count that also acts as a card that interacts as a spell yeah is really good it's also you know on the opposite end if you have a land sideboard card, if you don't have to cut any of your regular spells. For decks that are, which are combo decks normally, like Goro's Vengeance decks, where you're so much about having at, like the exact list of your cards needs to be the exact list, and it's really hard to cut a card because your engine starts dying, this card is great to have in your, you know, have as a replacement for a land because right. getting rid of a forest in your engine deck is not as hard, or getting rid of a swamp in your engine deck is not as hard as getting rid of a Gorya's Vengeance or a Discard Outlet or, you know, like all the pieces right, you need. Right, right, right. Um, sure, sure, sure. Okay, so that's my, that's my line. Number seven? Yep. That was your number seven. Yeah, that was my number seven. My number seven is News Constructor. Okay, you went with the Wild Mongrel. Yeah, I put, I put it higher. Anything else you want to say about it? Uh, Dredger's Sweet, Dredge Vine. Yeah. It's awesome. This card's really good. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, there was one other. There's another card in this set that is comparable. Um, it's not as good, but it's a black and a colors for a vampire that gains flying when you discard, and it has infinite discards as ability. Got it. And something that did not, like in Dredge in Legacy, you, they play the one drop white that make, just gets plus zero, plus four when you discard, purely because a free discard outlet and having eight of them one drops is really important in Legacy. I remember what that card's called, but I used to know its name. Uh, so for this, you know, for modern, that that's this is the closest to that. Flying is an okay mechanic. Like I, I definitely could use a flyer once in a while. Yeah. But the other end is sometimes I've definitely done graveyard decks that don't have red green. Sure. So if this the black one is another option. More, I just wanted to point out that like they they went from having zero to three basically. Right. Available in the format, and I think this is obviously the best one. This has a lot of uses. It's obviously really good. Um, yeah, I love this card. I wanted this for a while. All right. Number six. Number six. I went with Distended Mindbender. Uh, another emerge card. This is this card's really nuts. This card is, I think, the most nuts of all of the of all of the emerge cards. Uh, this one is eight mana. I mean, out the gate is only eight mana. It's a five five. Emerge cost of black, black, only and five. Mana. <laughs> um, and when you cast Distended Mindbender, target opponent reveals his or her hand. You choose from it a non-land card with converted mana cost three or less, and a card and a card with converted mana cost four or greater. That player discards those cards. You're, for eight mana for a five-five, you're getting two cards from their hand, provided they have. I, bet. I mean, at worst, you're getting a five-five with um, Inquisition of Kozilek attached. Yeah, which is fine. And you might. Like, get I'm not complaining about that card. <laughs> Inquisition of Kozilek and that name of that card that no one played. Well, or you, you, or you get Inquisition of Codes like plus, like a Thoughtseize basically because you get an additional. No, what was the name of the card that it had to oh, cost four or more? For I think it was from Avison Restored. I have no idea. And no one played it. I, I, anyway, I would have said it if I knew. Yeah. it thirty seconds ago. But I mean, Twitter yell at us that, what card that is. Just assume that you're playing like something here that has benefit from dis from, from sacrificing it, which is like what the emerge decks will likely be doing. Sure. So it's like let's just say it's a three drop. It's a Kitchen Finks. Well, how much? Yeah, yeah. How how much does it cost with Kitchen Finks in play? So with Kitchen Finks in play, it costs you four mana. Like it, it curves yeah. perfectly. Kitchen Finks into this four mana. 
you gain four life, you have a 2-1 and a 5-5, five, five, and they've discarded two cards. It seems insane. That's No, that's really good. <laughs> I mean, like any, yeah, if you can curve some sort of a... Especially a, Modern is moving towards more plus, like four plus drops. Like yeah. Modern has moved away a little bit from the three drops or lower only cards. Right. So, no, this card's insane. This card's really good. Yeah. Uh, all the Emerge, like, if it is a good... I even think the Emerge card that makes two one one snakes is, like, something to look at in some decks. <laughs> I mean, even, even, even imagine this, okay? So let's just say you were going to try to go turn earlier than that. You didn't want to play turn four. Mm-hmm. You wanted to be able to turn, play this on turn three. Is that, so you play turn one mana creature into turn two three drop into turn four you sacrifice your three drop and you've generated four mana and you have a turn four five five that gets a double discard. Even if you don't have, even if you don't have the three drop and you're just having to sacrifice a mana creature in that deck, because of emerge, you get to tap the mana creature for mana and then sack it as part of the cost. Like this thing ends up costing you five mana if you have a Birds of Paradise in play. Right. That's so good. Yeah. yeah. This card yeah. is bananas. Yeah. Uh, I... It's an insect, an Eldrazi insect. So, I'm done. <laughs> my number, my number six. Yeah. Also, emerge card. This is my one emerge card. Mostly because I, we, I wanted to just say all of the emerge cards are nuts. One talking about this one emerge is card. Is it the misbind click? Uh, yes. Yeah, I figured you like that card. Uh, so mine's Elder Deep Fiend. Yeah. Uh, Eldrazi Octopus, which is the most important part. <laughs> uh, normally costs eight mana. It has Flash, which is the actual most important part. Yeah, big time. For uh, merge cost five and two blue. When you cast Elder Deep Fiend, tap up to four target permanents. It's diff- Yeah, so it's different than Mistbind Click because Mistbind Click, if, you, if they killed your only fairy you were trying to champion, Mistbind Click, for those that don't remember, was a 4-4 a four, four flyer for 4 with Flash that you had to exile another fairy you controlled until it left play. But when it entered, you got to tap up to four lands. Right. And so it's the same, same kind of thing. You're trying to play it during their upkeep or and, and that's, during their untap I mean, step. One of, the, one of the best ways to use it is during their, their, during their untap step, you tap their four lands on turn four because you have some creature in play that lets you do that, any three drop. And then you basically time walk them and then you untap with a five five or five six. But and and that and that's just a very strong play. That's right. That's time walk attached to a five six flash body. Yeah. That uh most likely you gained value on beyond that with the emerge cost. Because one of the things to remember is that emerge allows you sack outlets are generally good. <laughs> right. Like because you gain value with them. It's why birthing pop was insane. The thing that I do want to point though on this is it has flash. And it having flash means that you can cast this in response to evoke triggers. Mm. So, and we talked about this before, but the fact that on your turn, you can kill something and then flash this in with a, or what's it called? Maldrifter, Shriek Ma. Shriek Ma. With a Shriek Ma, you can, you can Shriek Ma and do this. Or you can Maldrifter in this, or you can Ingot Chewer in this. And all that costs three to four mana. Mm. Which, which isn't the no sense thing. You use it normally to tap their lands down, but sometimes you'll be able to gain, as a four drop, get a five, six Necrotal. Well, you have, no, no, no. Because you, you have to do it at instant speed, which means you cast your. Oh, you get the evoke trigger, but you get the full cost. So you pay two mana. Shriek Monk costs five, right. and then you pay two more to sack it. So for four mana, yeah, you it's... get this and the Shriek Monk effect. I missed that for a second there. I was getting confused. Um, yeah, yeah, right. It, I mean, it's like the the tap four lands ability is obviously better during their upkeep. So that's a thing to keep in mind. Yeah. But in stuff like Birthing Pod decks or Kiki Core decks, this has an effect that does really cool things with that. And it, and and there's another flash one. I forget what it does. It's much less good than this. But this good, is yeah. this is good by itself. But then also can sometimes just be the nuts and tap their whole team down. 
So you can get in for an attack, plus kill one of their creatures, plus that. Or draw two cards. Like, the things it can do is pretty strong. Yeah, that seems sweet. Yep. Um, all right, my number five, yeah? Yep. So you don't laugh, because I think that I, maybe I'm overrating this, but I don't think so. Um, Thalia, Heretic, Cathar. Um, one white, two... Yeah, I am. Yeah, what do you think? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I have a complaint about it, but I, 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 I see where... I'm yeah. glad you put it on your list. <laughs> one white, two colorless for a 3-2 human soldier with first strike. Creatures and non-basic lands your opponents control enter the battlefield tapped. For anybody who's played modern, you realize that 80% of the lands you play against are non-basics. Um, even That even means fetches enter the battlefield tapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's... she's, she's she could be insane. <laughs> like, she's... I, I don't think that... Obviously, like, the first thought would be that she's in some sort of a hate bears deck, but she's she's the wrong mana for that because you don't want to pay three in that deck. You want to pay two. But like two of these, it's a legendary creature. If you you're were not playing tapping some sort of like them. a bant deck, like like well, just, just just zoo, like yeah, zoo. this in zoo where like you're attacking with your and then you just play this so they can't do anything against you for now on. If you're playing the higher the, the four hierarchs, two birds, three Vendelian click, and another good three drop deck, so you can play like sweet things on turn two. This is like a such a sweet thing to play on turn two. If you're on the play and you resolve this on turn two against your opponent, they're just like sitting there, and if they, if they don't have a kill spell for it immediately, right. you pretty much just it, win. It, it, it kind of interacts as a little bit of a mini Blood Moon. Yeah. I think now that this card exists almost is a better argument for Blood Moon can go away, but that's a different conversation. Yeah, this card's I pretty mean, busted. But the, the one issue I have with this is comparing it to the other Thalia, which is maybe not the smart thing, but this card is very bad against Lightning Bolt. Yeah, definitely. It's like very... For Thalia, like the point of Thalia was you could play this 2-1 that had first strike that was good in general, but then against Lightning Bolt, at best, they want, you, you completely go even, and on a tempo play, they're behind you. Because you cast a 2-1 that then their Lightning Bolt case their entire turn because it now costs two, whereas this has a little bit of different issues, but the fact that it interacts with fetches is just bonkers. This card is very good. I'm actually... like I. <laughs> I didn't put it on my list because I knew it was on your list. <laughs> How did you know? I saw your list. Oh, sweet. <laughs> I'm a dirty cheater. <laughs> All right. So my number my number five is maybe a little underrated from people, but I, I think it might be not as good. I'm a little worried about how good this card is. Eldrick Evolution. That's only number five for you. Yeah. Wow. I'm being a little... This card might just be nuts, and I think in decks like Kiki Cord or anything with Bird... Like, I think any deck that is playing Collected Company yeah. but wants to get four drops into play, this is the better card than Collected Company in. Yeah. So it definitely is going to see play. My top five... I mean, being my top five means it's, like, very good, and I think it's good. Um, I do think there... You know, it might not be as good as people think it is mm. because it is purely just... It has that one or two examples of being useful. I don't think it's going to be as useful as a cheat big things in the play using, yeah, like Alisor Rider or any of the 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 delve creatures. I think that's like cute, but I think that's also too cute. Hmm. I think your deck then has to play with a bunch of high mana cost things versus just this playing. You know, Kitchen Finks into this into an angel that when you gain life, it gets all your creatures get plus one, plus one seems much better. Right. Or, you know, something in Kiki Cord into this, into Kiki Jiki, like two drop into this, into Kiki Jiki seems really good. So like, I do think there's usefuls for it, but I think that. Why was, why Allosaurus Rider? What were you getting at? That's the, you can exile two green cards to put in the play. Yeah. What does that have to do with this card? You can cheat in a, how, what's the CMC on Allosaurus Rider? Seven. So you can treat it in a nine drop. 
Oh, I see. So you, yeah, you get this in play by example. Yeah, yeah, I mean that seems loose. But. This, I mean, Alistair Ryder spiked when this card was printed. Right. I didn't come up with it's that. Seven, the internet. It's a seven dollar card now. It yeah. was like zero cents before it was seven dollars, yeah. and it's gone down because people also realize that's probably not like the thing. Like you could get Grizzle Brand in play like that. You could yeah. get like really good cards that way. But I'm more interested in two drop into Kiki Jiki. The yeah. problem, and the other thing is, this card is terrible against Remand. This card is terrible against. Counter spells in general, but because yeah. you sacrifice as part of the cost, you can get wrecked. Yeah. Um, there's, it's, I think it's very, I think it's fine and I think it's good. I just don't think it's. We'll, re- we'll revisit this on my list later. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, my number four is Whispers of Emrakul, which is the Hymn to Turok card. We already talked oh, cool. about it. Okay. Um, I, Tw- many times. <laughs> yeah. For an entire episode, even. <laughs> my number four. What's your number four? Yeah. Bedlam Reveler. Oh, you put it on your list. Yeah. Oh, fun. That was in my. That's in my honorable mention. Okay, so mine's that was like my number eleven. That's the three four. So it's Bedlam Reveler is, and this is another cost reduction creature and mechanic. Six mana, two red, um, Devil Horror. Bedlam Reveler costs one less to cast for each instant sorcerer card in your graveyard. It has prowess, and when it enters the battlefield, you discard your hand and draw three cards, and it's a three four. This card is really interesting. There's it's- so many. Th- like, first off, it has the Brick of Text. Including a cost reduction mechanic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a 3-4, so it's lightning bolt proof. It draws you into cards that you can then trigger the... Pro- I think this card is by belatedly a good card. Yeah, so I mean, I think with the, the thing to look at here is that it's modern. So this is a 2-drop. It's a 2-mana 3-4. Um, that's pretty much 100% of It's the a 2-mana 3-4 with prowess, which is... Yeah, which is already good. Which is already very good. But then when you think about the decks that... So there's a couple there's a couple uses. If you play this in a traditional deck, like some sort of a Delver deck or like a very heavy spells deck that wants to attack... I mean, it's good on its own. Um, you won't play it on turn two, so it won't be a two mana three four on turn two very often. Sometimes, but I not. Mean, just compare this card to Treasure Cruise. Yeah. Yes, you don't get to keep the cards in your hand, but generally Treasure Cruise Delver decks empty their hand, right, and then use Treasure Cruise to draw three more cards. The card, the deck that I like this the most in, I think, is as a sideboard card in Storm. Um, I thought about it as like, could, could you play a version of Storm that wanted to play? I, I think you just. I, I mean, I, I don't think that's terrible, but I think it's. I think this card is just good in any it's deck that's good. playing spells. I mean, I was just yeah, I agree. Like, I think this card is good. I I was I was trying to imagine a version of Storm because I know that the list is so tight. But usually that list, they're 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 like, okay, do you play how many lightning bolts do you play? Do you play any lightning bolts? Like, they're usually kind of moving around trying to figure out like what's the correct. If you have a couple copies of this in Storm, like two in your main deck, and you just go off on one of those I, turns, you cast like seven spells. I think this card's good in Storm. You're just gonna yeah. attack for ten, like, and it's just it's just because it draws you into more cards and. and Discarding in Storm is good. Putting cards in your graveyard is fine. You can choose when like, to play it because often that Storm deck, you'll get to that point where the, your last three cards are lands. Yeah. And then you just play this and it's just good. Like, no, I think this card's definitely good in Storm. I, I, like, I'm at just the curve of all the stuff Delver is trying to do and then you have this when your hand is empty because the point of Delver is it empties its hand Yeah, with Cataxian Probes and, and, and Lightning Bolts and it, it has a Pyromancer, uh, young Pyromancer in play and you're just empty yeah. your spells. This is like... How quick was Treasure Cruise going off in Modern when it was legal? Quick. Quick. And it drew you three cards. This is Treasure Cruise for one more mana in red. You have to discard your hand, but generally that hand in Delver is going to be lands. Yep. And so you're getting a, five, a three, four prowess. And like I think this card is very good. Yeah, I like this card a lot. And we're not even talking about just in burn decks as a as like a two of that like just as your curve topper like yeah it's a there's card, so many things that this card card is just really good I think yeah. it's it's cool to see I like it. it's my my kind of card um, my number three Emrakul the Promised End really yeah that's my number three really yeah oh. I think that's the first time that's ever happened Dead on. Look <laughs> that, at that wasn't like number one I think we've <laughs> yeah. been right on number one okay 
you have a stronger. We've talked about this card on yeah. here actually a lot of times already. But I mean, I think you have a stronger opinion on Emrakul of Promise mm-hmm. than I do. This card's just really good. I mean, I think for the most part, you're dealing with a 13 13 that you will get to untap with and will probably cost about seven. Like, I, I think the, seven or eight. The place to point to is uh, modernnexus.com did a. Or .net, I think it's .com, did a really good analysis on this card where they played a bunch of games in the gauntlet, in a gauntlet and compared it to Ulamog. Because Ulamog, the new Ulamog, is always a two for or a three for one because you exile two of their permanents and you get a 10-10. Um, and they compared when they played this card how much better when Ulamog was and what kind of how many cards do you get out of your opponent by casting this card. Right. And they found most of the time they were getting between three and four cards out of their opponent and they got a 13, 13 that had was, you know, indestructible versus flying trample. Right. Ha, but protect, like they, they have comparable things. Like I, I just, I do think Emrakul, I mean, the one thing that Emrakul is a little worse is against infinite life. Yeah. Um, but I also think mind delivering a birth, a, a collected company player is brutal in general. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I think there's a lot of cool things in this. I, I mean, we, we talked about this before. Uh, the fact that getting an extra turn, yes, giving them the extra turn is makes it so it's not as insane as historically Emrakul could be. But in reality, this card has protection from spells that your opponent doesn't have in their hand. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, th- th- I mean, this card, it's it's always a little hard to rate the really expensive stuff just because it's in modern it really only has like one archetype that it can just consistently fits into. But this one I think is a little different because of the versatility of its cost. Yeah, I think I think for sure it's in it's in um, it's just going to see play in uh, Tron decks, and I think it has a home in other decks that might be able to play it. I think it could find a home in other decks. All right. Um, that right. is both of our yeah. number three. Um, all right, my number two and my number one. I'm just—they've been battling in my head this whole cast. Which one that I really believed was my number one and I, my number two? I, I'm. And are this our is, top three the exact same cards? No, I, in fact, I, I believe they're not at all. Okay. I think this is going to be re- a really interesting episode. Oh, interesting. Um, I'm going to put Eldritch Evolution at number two. Okay. Well, that was on my list. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, so you have one of my two cards you don't have. I wonder which one. Yeah. And so uh, Eldritch Evolution, just to, just for, I mean, you talked a little bit about it. This has been the most talked about card in the set. Uh, I would say that and probably my number one have been the two most talked about. But um, I mean, my number two is maybe the most expensive card currently in the set that's not a Mythic Rare. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean so it's, it's very, 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 like, this. Patrick Chapin was like, play this card when you can in Modern because it's probably going to get banned. Like, that was what he said on his podcast. Okay. And I think it's true. Like, I think when you really think about Eldritch Evolution, I mean, you have the, the base function, as you talked about, which is just a really solid tutor. Yeah. And there's decks that just win if you use a good tutor. There's not that many good tutors. But then you start thinking about, like, all of the interesting possibilities and the things like, just, like, think about, like, uh, if you want to get interesting, like, this just lets you, all of those, ca- those cards that I like, cards like Mirror Superior cards like Scab Ruinator, where you can't cast them normally, I mean, you get to play yeah. them as ones or two ofs in your deck. Turn okay. This this allows you to. It's a two for one, but like you turn your birds of paradise on turn two into scat ruinaire, just into play. That's just it's turn yeah, two. It's I mean, very. I easy. don't have to be convinced. I mean, beyond the cheating stuff in the play, yeah, like, it's a toolbox card, and I don't have to be convinced for a toolbox card to be yeah. good. <laughs> so it's, like, it's just generally good. Like, there's yeah. just a lot of things you can do with this. It's. I mean, I think, and I think the exploration of, of what it's going to take to make this card backbreaking beyond just the normal tutor target mm-hmm. for a deck like a birthing pod deck. Is it's not, also it's just scratching the surface. It's better in the decks 
that play a lot. Like, so Collected Company has kind of taken over the birthing pod slot. Right. I think this is a card that allows Collected Company decks to kind of move in a slightly different direction, which also lets it take advantage of all of the Emerge cards. Right. Like, I think this is a better card in Emerge decks than, obviously, Collected Company, because you're playing with eight, eight, eight drops. Right. And sometimes you'll be able to cheat the eight drop in with this card or use that eight drop that you emerged into play to get another big thing. But, but sometimes you'll just, I mean, I think it's really good. I don't, yeah. I don't disagree with you. I just, yeah. I mean, top five is every single one of these cards on the top five. I'm just like super hyped about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just really good. So that's my number two. What's right. your number two? Spellqueller. So funny. I, you know, you know, I love Spellqueller. Yeah. Like, you know that that card is like, for me, just like, I just sure. couldn't get enough of it. I was trying to figure out the deck that that, the deck that that was going to be played in in modern that I thought was that I thought was reasonable, and I couldn't come up with one where I was like, "This is this fits into an archetype," and I can I re- aside from like a spirits deck that you're trying to make, you could play this in like I guess red white blue because it's just like a good card. Uh, it's a red white blue. I mean, uh, blue white decks. I think any blue white deck that's doing anything at instant speed, like any counter spell deck that's playing white and blue. Yeah, which if you're a counter spell, you're playing blue. <laughs> we'll be playing this card. I, I don't think they will be playing this card. I think this card is a thing that takes a serious look. You love the black white. Um, yeah, Hollow Skeleton. I think the only thing holding this card down is it's it is gold, which means that specific decks have to be playing. Like you have to be playing both blue yeah. and white. But a flying creature with a counter spell attached to it is really good. Beyond that, the fact that. There's cute things you can do to make it permanent. Yes, it comes back, but that's not something that's really... I mean, sometimes that's not going to matter at all. Like, the, co- the, the converted mana cost four or less matters nil, pretty much, in modern. There are some problems, as we talked about. For the most part, this will be good. Against everything. Against everything. Like I love this card to death. Um, like I said, it's just something about it when I was trying to figure out, like, where does this fit? Like, what... I mean, maybe this should have made my list. If this is like this is a card that was made for me, it's like it's like exactly my right. favorite kind of card. I just couldn't for some reason I couldn't justify putting it on here. It didn't it didn't fit for me, but I I do love it. I mean, it's it's right in in, in my honorable mentions. It's close. Yeah, no, I think it's it, it's super sweet. I mean, like it bounced around and like in reality, just it's a count. It's a three mana counter spell with a two three creature attached that in by itself would be a playable card, and this yeah. has the tricky things that it can do. I I, I definitely am a fan. So um, I'm wondering because I don't think we have the same number one. Um, I don't think we anything. might. There's only one card. I'd be surprised if you didn't include this card in your top ten. That's not true. I would be shocked if you didn't include this card in your top ten. So, but it doesn't seem like we have the same. I went with Tamio I'm, Field Research. Oh no! Oh wow! Splendid Reclamation is mine. The lands one. Yeah, yeah. So you go first with Tamio. Okay. I, I mean. It's taken me a couple weeks since this card got spoiled to it's really... It's interesting that your, one of your complaints about the Spirit was it's blue-white, but Tamiyo is a Bant-colored card that only fits in one possible... Uh, but the Spellqueller... While Spellqueller is just a very good card, we haven't seen a Planeswalker at the power level of Tamiyo printed since, like, I don't know, like Liliana of the Veil, maybe? Like, I think... You think it's that good? Let I'm, me read I'm, what this card can do. This card <laughs> is so bananas. All right, so I'll read it, everyone. It's Bant. It's a four-mana Bant Planeswalker, so green, blue, white... And one colorless, Tamiya Field Researcher. It's a Planeswalker Tamiya, if you guys didn't know that. It comes in with four loyalty, which is good. I mean, it, it so means plusing up to five. Yeah. Uh, choose up to two target creatures until your next turn. They they draw a card if they deal damage. They become uh, Aphidians. Yeah. Um, which is a card that creature that did that. Uh, minus two, tap up the two target non land permits. They don't, so, so minus two, basically removal spell. Uh, two, car, two permits don't untap, non land. And then minus seven, draw three cards. You get an emblem with blah 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 blah. You win the game. 
No, it's you, so he just skipped over each of these things. I'm going to explain why each ability is amazing. Well, but I mean, like Kessler the, the walking mi- on my the, card. The minus seven is draw three cards. You get an emblem. I mean, it's more my point that all ultimates on planeswalkers, for the most part, should just win you the game. Like this is a different one. This is uh, omniscience yeah, attached. This is, this to, is minus to seven draw three recall. omniscience. Yeah. So, which is which is really good. I'm not saying it's not, but it's like the, like Jace the mind sculptor was, and which is really also good. But like the amount of card ultimates on planeswalkers, yeah. that didn't win you the game. I can maybe count on my hand. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, so check this out. So this this is what makes this card so busted. Because I realize, obviously, everybody's going to say, what are you doing, Bateman? You're talking about a four-drop in Modern being the best card in the set. Like, it's it's not like me. I mean, that's... You, that's oh, sure, not that, like you. I mean, I would not, say that's that's fine. I mean, this this has a removal spell attached. Think, it protects itself, so Think it's about fine. this. Plus one. Choose up, up to two target creatures. You can choose one of yours. You can choose one of theirs. Until your next turn, whenever those each of deals combat damage, you draw a card. You could choose one of yours and one of theirs, and if you block their creature and they both die, you still draw two cards because they still both dealt combat damage to each other, not a player. Sure. You, you get to choose the optionality of the first ability, which means that Tamiyo comes down as a plus one out of five loyalty, essentially, to... to for them to do nothing. And pretty much either guarantees you draw a card or guarantees they don't do damage to If you're in a deck that you have the ability to put it on your own creatures, it's draw two. If you don't and you're just sitting there protecting yourself, okay, great. Attack attack Tamio, attack me. I'll just draw two off of it. And chances are she's still alive because she's at five. So you have to have they would have to have the ability to get through with enough beef for you to, to like that that is so good. Next. Yeah, I'm not saying she's not good. I, like, minus two just, tap up to two target homeland permanence. One. They don't untap during their controllers <laughs> next and half step. Like talk about a protection spell. Two. And it's it's and it's not they it's not like Target permanent doesn't well, attack. It's, it's, it's plus two one. Creatures. It's plus one. You're going to come out ahead unless you're not. And then it's minus two. Make sure you're... And, and then then you're, she's protected. And then you get to untap and figure out a way like, to... They would have to have like four creatures. Yeah. This card's outrageous. And then, can, and then yeah. minus seven. Minus seven is Ancestral Recall t- attached to Omniscience. And, and mind you, she comes down... If you plus her up when the turn she comes down, she's coming down on five mana. This means that three turns after you play Tamio, you get to ultimate Tamio. And her abilities are so good, the likelihood of them getting her off the table, unless they have a kill, a planeswalker spell, or like a bolt right. and something, very unlikely. I, I think this and card. It's the colors that want all these effects. Tamio's. Yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you more credit. Than I, I think I gave this you card. I think this card might break modern. One. I'm not kidding. I think this and Eldritch Evolution it's both have break modern. I think this card may make an archetype. Like it might make Bant playable. Like a Bant control. Deck. I could definitely see it making an archetype playable. That I don't have any. Which, by the way, Spellcore was really good in that deck with her. Yeah, Spellcore is really good. Turn three, <laughs> t- Spellcore. Turn four, Tamio is like. It's also very clear because you don't have a two-three flyer, and they don't have the spell in their hand that might have dealt with Tamio. Yeah, it's also yeah. It's clear that for standard, they were designed to play against each other. Um, go ahead. What do you got? My number one. Oh, oh, oh the land. I think if I were to pick a third card from the two cards you said that might break modern, it's yeah. Splendid Reclamation. I mean, like, even if that combo doesn't exist yet, yeah. like, this is obviously a nutso card. Yeah. It, like, you can get 10 mana and 10 land into play for 4 mana with this card. Not, with not a lot, like, beyond, like, the cuteness of what I want to do with uh, Hedron Crab, where I mill myself yeah. until I get the cast this card and then mill my opponent for the 60 cards that they have in their deck and yeah. walk away happy. Um, just, like, as a sideboard card in decks that generally need this kind of card, which is, you know, as a one of in um, Scape Shift, as a one of, or a d- completely different version of Scape Shift, a Dread Shift deck where you're milling yourself 
and you're using all the good card filtering decks to put cards into your deck. Your graveyard, you just cast this and win. Did you just say dread shift? Is that a deck? Did. <laughs> did you just make that up on the spot? Yeah. One hundred percent. Claiming it now, dread shift. Everyone get on board. And one percent of the metagame at Grand Prix Albuquerque is this deck called Dread Shift. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, okay. Beyond beyond anything, this Invalicode is really good. Yeah. Like green and red have some of the best dredge ability. Make it Jund. Put some discard in there. Imagine Jund being able to play this card where like you're just milling yourself, you're just dredging, you get stuff in your graveyard, and you cast this and you just Yeah. Like this card is really good. And that's what the combos that exist now. Like every single land-based combo situation they print for now on you can look this card up as a graveyard in it like this card is very good um i think this card is good i th- i think I-, I agree with you that your top two eldritch and tamio yeah plus this are the three cards that well no no i don't know about tamio i think eldritch evolution <laughs> i love that tamio is not on your list that blows my mind <laughs> I- I- eldritch eldritch evolution in this card and some of the emerge cards are my like picks for these could be banned in modern without me being surprised at all. Yeah, I think I mean I Tamio it seems hard to get banned. Eldritch Revolution I think will almost assuredly be banned eventually. It's just it's hard for me to imagine. So the problem with Tamio is it's a three it's three mana. So there's only gonna be maybe two different versions of decks that I'll see play in. You mean three colors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, not three mana. So yeah. like when it comes down to it. That's always just a little bit of a safer thing. And if yeah. Tamiyo makes a deck archetype, it's going to be fine. I don't think Tamiyo is going to be banned. No, me either. But I do think, because it's a format, like there are spells that kill Planeswalkers that don't do damage. Like there are ways to deal with Tamiyo. Eldritch Moon is a card that's possibly bannable. This card is a card that might, like this is a, this is a combo enabler, purely yeah. what it is. But I think it's a combo enabler that already has three homes that I can think of. Right. And that doesn't include all the things that it could do in the future. It doesn't even get into the fact that it's also a ramp card that's nutso. Right. Like with Fetchlands, just like you're playing yeah. just your Fetch Mana Blaze on turn four, you get the three fetches you use to get to that point back. You just I four mana it. to get the seven mana. I think the reason I didn't put it on my list, it was, I mean, it was on my, it's on my honorable mentions, like, you know, the, the 20 or so other cards that I had written down. The reason it didn't make it for me was just, I was like, you know, Scape Shift is really, really good. Scape Shift fits into one deck. And this is kind of, if you're trying to get like a big landfall trigger or something like that, this, I can see where you're going with this, that it lets you really ramp, but it just doesn't feel to me like a card that would have a massive impact on multiple decks, but maybe a small impact on one archetype. I, I guess, I guess, and, and you kind of, I mean, look, Tamiyo is a similar card, but this is a card that I can see decks existing immediately for, where some of the other cards I think are a little bit more speculative. Yeah, it's and fair. Like, and, and a guaranteed lock in the modern for me weighs a little bit heavier on my list than a maybe lock. Right. That's fair. Um, um, I think we were going to try to do a like a little like battle top five. I don't think we have time. I don't think we have time. But uh, let's. But see, uh, you, you want to just talk about some of your your top your honorable mentions? Rattle off one or two of them real yeah. quick. Uh, yeah, you go ahead first. So I mean, like a, a quick one that like uh, don't even have to say anything. There's just one deck: Gaia Reach Sanctum, which is the each player draws a card and then discards a card. Yeah, just goes in the Oakville turns deck. Yeah, that's a one of. There's no reason not to play it. It's good. Yeah, that card's good. Um, uh, Liliana, the Last Hope. I mean, I considered putting it on. Liliana is cool. The issue with Liliana is in modern. Where, when would you ever play? this that you weren't going to play the other Liliana? Like, I, wh- I think the creature Liliana and Liliana Veil are just always better in any situation that this yeah. card would be okay. So that was why that one didn't make it for me. Uh, Sigarda's Aid, which is oh, the one white equipment yeah. get flash. So the one reason I like this card is that the Sword of Feast and Famine is really good in decks that want to do stuff at instant speed. Yeah. And the big problem is it's this big sorcery speed clunky thing in your deck. This allows you to cast it onto a creature at the end of your opponent's turn and then from that point on hold on counter magic and 
play spells, untap your lands, have counter... Like, like, I think this card is very good. I wish this card said... You in may- that deck. And I don't know how good that deck is, but it's cute. <laughs> I wish that this card said, when you cast a guard as aid, you may, you may pay two more mana if you do search your library for an equipment and put it into your hand. I wish you could pay it for three and search. Because um, right now, it's one of those cards that's an enabler, but it's a do-nothing card otherwise. Sure. Which is why I, it was hard for me to put it on. Um, uh, well, I agree, and that, that's the problem with it. Um, uh, Selfless Spirit is a card that I think isn't getting talked about enough. Um, one white, one colorless, two one flying spirit. Oh, the indestructible. I think that I thought that was actually going to be on your list. Sacrifice selfless spirit creatures you control, gain indestructible at the end of turn. It's really good because the three mana elephant for three that does the same thing has always been like that fringe. Can I play this in my creature decks as just like a one of? Um, the issue with that card was always that obviously it's green and white, and it's a three. It's a three mana three three that can get bolted. This is better. It's a two one flyer for two. It just it curves out before your your beefy three drop you want to protect. You going down on one mana to a lightning bolt on this card is fine, and they have to get rid of it with lightning bolt before they can get rid of anything else. I definitely think it's serviceable. Card's I good. Think it's a card. Uh, Upsubstantiate. Yeah, card's really Which is cool. one blue, one colorless return target spell or creature to its owner's hand. Um, I think it's really close. I think Remand is better, yeah. but I think if you want extra Remands, I think this is better in Delver decks than something maybe like Mana Leak, because the thing that people don't remember is... One of the problems with Remand is you counter their Tarmogoyf and they just cast it on turn four. This allows you to bounce their Tarmogoyf at the end of their turn yeah. versus them being having a chance to recast it. And just that pure factor. Obviously, Remand is better because drawing a card is better than yeah. not. But this card is obviously a very useful tool. Um, and that, that we'll see play in Modern. I think my last... I, I'll, I'll reference the collective cards. Just I think I'll just reference the optionality of all, all of the Escalate cards. Um the, the few that really jumped out at me were Collective Defiance, Collective Effort, and Collective Brutality. I think those were the three. Those are the ones with the alternate, the alternate uh, Escalate cost. Yeah, you can discard cards yeah. for the black one. You can tap creatures for the white one. No, I think their the, cost reduction mechanic. I think the red, one you, <laughs> the red one you just have to pay mana for. But I mean, the red one is interesting. The red one, uh, target player discards all cards in his or her hand then draws that many cards. Four damage to a creature or three damage to an opponent. I mean... I think that's fine. I think that's a serviceable card. I think that could be easily a one of in mono red burn decks or even yeah. Naya burn decks. Like I, I don't think that you're crazy for saying that card will see some play. I think they're all good, and then I think the, the last card I'll reference, and I, I'm, I'm confused by this card because it's a mythic. Green, black, for a 2-2 trample called Grim Flare. When it deals combat damage to a player, look at the top three cards of your library, put any number of them in your graveyard, and the rest on top of your library I in order. I this card. <laughs> it gets plus two, plus two if you have delirium. It's just weird, like... It's one of those things where you're like, if I was going to build some sort of a cool or clever kind of more aggressive bug deck, I could see wanting to do this. It, it helps en- enable Delirium. Sure. Like, sure. You can get away with some interesting stuff. But Is it's it Crucial Leech just better? I mean, I guess the putting stuff in your graveyard is good. Uh, it's fine. It's a weird card. I don't I, think it deserves to be Mythic. I think that's my problem mythic? with it. It doesn't make sense. It's This card is awesome in my Jun deck in Highlander. Sure. But that's pretty much it. Right. <laughs> uh, I have two more cards. They're pretty quick. One is Imprisoned in the Moon, which is the oh, yeah. blue. Purely from this is a fact that doesn't exist and mono... Uh, modern de- like play- merfolk mono blue decks will play this as a cyborg card period forever because it can kill anything. Yep, and they need like merfolk needs a answer to stuff. Yep, same like they're playing Hercules Recall, which is bad against affinity, but they're playing it because it's the only way they can fight affinity. There's other decks like that. This is a card that helps them do that. Um, and then last but not least is Oath of Liliana. Yep, uh, and purely from a perspective of this is I think one of the better oaths. Yep, um, because it protects the planeswalker with zombies that it comes into play, and the actual effect on the card is completely serviceable. Yeah, mana edict effect super good it's fine so that's that's it for this week's episode uh, we went long obviously because it's a review episode and yep so we won't probably do i think we did a little bit of our our end of episode oh we can rant later we rant can, yeah we can, we can, can do that we'll, later. we'll rant about comic-con on the next episode yeah yeah so um 
yeah, thanks, guys, for listening. Sorry we took the break off. Uh, I... I don't know. I think I mentioned it, but I've been in nine cities in 12 days. Like I, my life has been yeah. hectic over the last two weeks. We were at Comic-Con last week, so it was really hard. The week before, I like helped my girlfriend move to Atlanta. Like everything is kind of, these last two weeks were kind of the, we need to take a break. We've also, uh, we're back yeah. to our normal schedule. We've been coordinating some stuff, so it will, there'll be very cool things happening very soon. We've, we've been talking about it. Um, so the, the, like we, like, like you heard at the beginning of the episode, the guys with the MTW, we have, we actually will have like a product available, our first product available, the playmat. So, uh, we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, but be sure to check that out. Otherwise, yep. if you had to find us on Twitter at the MM cast, find, uh, me personally, Ben Bateman media cast at cast Wiley. And of course the command zone, you can find those guys at the command at command cast. And yeah, on rocketjump.com. Uh, you can find pretty much anywhere on at the MMcast. Make sure to check our YouTube channel. Please subscribe, guys. Um, we're trying to push that a little bit harder. We are releasing video content of each of the episodes when we release them. Uh, thanks to um, our friend Mike Clary. Yep. He's, 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 he's swell. Thanks to our intern. She's been sitting quietly listening to us this whole time. <laughs> um, and uh, thanks, guys, for listening. We're, we're glad to be back. I'm super excited, super hyped. The set's super deep in yeah. a very interesting way. Sweet. I think people are underwriting it. Buy, buy boxes? Oh, last thing. Oh, I guess it already went up, but it's too late. But I would have said Ishkana, the like, Spider Lord, yeah, is yeah. like the mythic standout for standard. Yeah. It has nothing to do with this podcast, but that card is nuts. card is sweet. And, but it's just not a modern card. I like Ishkana a lot. It's not any, nowhere on my list, but no. that card is sweet. It'll, yep. be a, it'll be a $20 mythic by the end of next week. Yep. Oh, Pro Tour. It's cool. All right. Talk to you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to the MMCast at rocketjump.com. See you later, alligator. <laughs>